Hello, and thanks for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm Shannon Johnson, the Director of Membership for ANAC, and your host today. I'm thrilled to be here with Amy Phipps, Senior Vice President of Care Management with Sava Senior Care, to kick off Episode 1 of PDPM Tips from the Trenches, a podcast series where we will take a look into what ANAC members are doing to prepare for the PDPM implementation. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Shannon. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. You recently attended and presented at the ANAC and AADNS conference in the Learning Lab Product Theater sponsored by Simple LTC and shared five tips to prepare for PDPM. Would you mind sharing those tips with listeners today? Sure. Um, I think that the five tips that we can walk away from you know, when we're out there working is we've got to get our admission screening process right and gather that data up front. Something that we at SAVA have been working very hard on is a pre-admission checklist that includes some of the items that are critical for PDPM, primarily all those diagnoses and acuity changes that have happened with the patient in the hospital, which as we all know, can be different from the admission to the hospital, throughout their stay, and then when they discharge. So we've been meeting with our physician partners and really trying to discuss those different medical diagnoses, really get a handle around what the underlying acute condition is of our patients before they come in. So I think that's really critical to work with our admissions and marketing folks, which we haven't really done very well um, in long-term care in the past. So we're trying to get our arms around that um, and meet with our physician partners to really help us message that. Um, I would say the second thing that we are doing is we are working on a morning meeting uh, NTA tool, those non-therapy ancillaries, which, boy, I, I think all of us know we can't say that enough how important those NTA captures are. So we've got those 50 kind of NTA comorbidities that are really tied to drug costs. And what we're doing is we've sort of highlighted the ones that we see most often in our facilities, which for us at SAVA is not necessarily HIV and AIDS, which tends to be at the top of the list. For, the, um, for all those NTAs, we kind of have grouped them based on what we see, which tends to be more diabetes, COPD, um, morbid, comor- you know, morbid obesity, some of those other comorbidities that are more common for us. Um, and so we've ordered that along with working with our pharmacy consultants in sort of working on the drug class that those NTAs fall into. So for example, if the patient is on antibiotics, you'd have a listing of the different NTAs that possibly could qualify for those different drugs. And since CMS has strongly stated that the NTAs are tied to drugs um, and drug costs, uh, we've been trying to work with our pharmacy partners to really um, highlight that for our MDS folks in the field. The third thing that we've been working on are the GG huddles. Uh, I got this from somebody else that I'm in a work group with, and I just thought it was a terrific idea. So I think capturing all those functional ability scores has been a challenge for everyone out there to get that baseline within those first three days. And with PDPM, there's such an intensity around the first three days, first, you know, initial five-day assessment, that's all we've got. So capturing the GG items from both nursing and rehab within those um, sort of huddle after a morning meeting, getting together and talking about those new Medicare A admissions and how they're doing with those functional items, I think is going to be critical. So we're doing that. Um, We've already initiated that uh, in March we started. So that's, we're starting to get better scores around the GG um, functional scores from both nursing and rehab. And then the fourth would be, yeah, the fourth um, thing we've been working on is who is doing our BIM? So 
we've got some opportunity at Saba with capturing our cognitive changes within our residents along with our depression indicators. So I would say the BIMS and the PHQ-9 together who are doing those assessments. Obviously, most of our social services folks do those. But possibly on the cognitive piece, um, could therapy take on this role? Could therapy conduct those BIMS um, and really look into those cognitive changes and they might be able to identify even some swallowing changes and really alert um, MDS or alert even the staff that there's something else going on with the resident. So I would say look to who could do the BIMS. We actually are using our occupational therapist to do that, not our speech therapist, since um, from a compliance standpoint, it doesn't affect the OTCMG, it only affects the ST1. So I think with this, it allows us to do a more um, comprehensive look at the patient and then make a referral to speech should that need to be uh, in place. And then the, the last thing, which is I think probably, you know, the hottest topic for everyone is obviously that primary diagnosis. So putting um, a billable uh, diagnosis in that I-8000 for um, a code that maps to those ICD-10 um, codes that CMS has listed, I think is critical for us, getting them into that right clinical category from the get-go. For us at SAVA, we've turned on a rule with our, um, uh, our partners at Simple LTC where if the code doesn't map to one of the CMS um, ICD-10 codes within their clinical mapping, it won't even be able to be submitted and transmitted. Um, in June, we are going to turn that rule on. So it's really going to help our folks in the field make sure that they are mapping the right ICD-10 code that works with those PDPM um, diagnosis codes um, real early on. And honestly, I would say this one is really critical for us because um, we've been we started this back in January, the um, putting our primary diagnoses into I-8000, and we've been doing so much better. But still to this day, here we are, almost to May. And we still are getting folks with non-billable um, mapping codes in that I-8000 slot. So I think this is something that everybody needs to get on top of right away because MDS folks, we're just not used to doing that. We're, we're, our billing has never been tied to that. We're not coders. This is something new for all of us to get our arms around being better at getting those underlying medical diagnoses. So uh, I think that one is something you need to start like yesterday. <laughs> wow, those are great tips, Amy. Um, thank you so much, and listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Simple LTC. Skilled nursing providers all over the country, including Sava Senior Care, use Simple LTC analytics to improve quality measures, optimize reimbursement, and prepare for PDPM. The powerful new PDPM tools built into Simple Analyzer can help you leverage your MDS data to prepare for success under the new payment model. With Simple Analyzer, you can forecast and track PDPM reimbursement, optimize your primary diagnosis for PDPM, predict and track case mix trends, and thrive under PDPM. For more information on how you can master PDPM, visit simpleltc.com. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you so much, Amy, for being here. Let's continue our discussion on PDPM. You were just sharing some great tips uh, with listeners on how to prepare and talking about ICD-10 coding. In your opinion, how do you think PDPM will impact long-term care as a whole? Well, I think it's a great question. I think we've had a lot of anxiety um, out there in the industry in regards to PDPM. But I think that the premise is coming from a good place. <laughs> At least that's what I try to tell myself. I think that it's a wonderful thing to um, really embrace the nursing care that we give and having more weight 
given to the acuity of the patient and all the care that our nursing staff is delivering, um, the intensity of that care, I like that. Now, I'm a huge advocate for rehab as well, and I'm thrilled that we're getting back to more group therapy because it's something we used to do back in you know, the olden days, back in the 90s, well, a lot, we did group therapy. And I like, it's good for the resident, um, both to benefit from individual and group treatment. So I think that this allows for a more um, interdisciplinary approach to patient care. I think that's CMS's goal, honestly, and, and I, of course, support that. I think that getting our arms around GG and functional abilities is the right thing to do for the resident because we all should be talking about their baseline function, what their goal should be, how we want to get them there. So I, I like all of those pieces and parts. Um, I think it's a challenge because uh, we don't know what some of our Medicare Advantage plans are doing. So I, I would like to see a little more communication between the different insurance plans out there in regards to PDPM. But I think overall, this will be a positive bridge in our you know, within long-term care to sort of start um, becoming more of a medical model as we bridge with uh, hospitals. So I think overall, we're going to fare well. I think we always come through and fare well. We're really good at change. <laughs> We've all had to do that for a long time. So um, I believe in the cup has full kind of rah-rah plan here. Well, I like that attitude. Certainly <laughs> our members um, and long-term care nurses are always resilient, and I like the positive attitude and resident care top of mind. So I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. What other tips or resources um, would you like to share with listeners today? I would just encourage everyone to utilize the ANAC countdown calendar. I think what you all came up with is terrific. It's something we've adopted at SAVA, and we've tweaked it with our own areas of um, of risk that we need to do a better job of. We've QAPI'd that. So I really think that's a great uh, tool that you all have um, sent out there. We have been working on an IPA go live plan. I think everyone needs to be really strongly prepared for all of the workload that's going to happen with getting all of those, um, those IPAs completed on all of your active Medicare as well as then your new admissions. So I think getting everybody sort of ready to get into the field and dig into the trenches and all of the support staff and regional staff getting um, in the facilities to help support our MDS coordinators is going to be critical. So sort of that all hands on deck approach is something that we've really embraced. And I think I would encourage everyone to have a plan around that. Um, and I think really letting your operators know, you know, communicating with those higher ups. What does it look like? What, do you, what support do you need from them? What are our risks? How are we going to get in front of our risks? Working with your admissions and marketing folks, how are the hospitals going to help you versus hurt you? Maybe this is a great way for us to bridge some of those partnerships. So um, I think I encourage everybody to start now. I, I don't think we have any time to waste. I think we all need to kind of get on board. Every discipline sort of needs to come together and really understand um, and get in front of that training. You know, not just like you said, um, Shannon, you and I were talking earlier about how critical it is to have um, not just handouts and webinars, but also to get in front of people and to really talk with them and have a real transparent um, discussion about what the expectations are in the facilities and how we're going to support them. I think those are things we're trying to do. So, um, you know, and I know it's 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 uh, daunting out there. Everybody's a little nervous and has a lot of anxiety. So um, I think we're all in it together. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, thank you. It's awesome information you shared. And I think the tool you referenced is the PDPM, Pathway to PDPM Readiness, um, the month-by-month -month guide. So thank you for um, bringing that up. And I'm glad it's been a helpful resource to you. Yes, for sure it has. 
And thank you to our listeners for joining on LTC NAC chat. Please note that this interview and information provided within has not been vetted by ANAC experts and in no way is meant to serve as legal or expert advice. If you're looking for PDPM resources and information, you can visit the ANAC website at www.anac.org. And please join us next week for Episode 2 of this series, PDPM Tips from the Trenches.